I know that everybody's been looking for something fun to do that is social distance. Um, but I think that skateboarding and getting on wheels is probably one of the best things that has happened to my quarantine life. Visit PropperNAR, that's P-R-O-P-E-R-G-N-A-R.com and save 10% when you use the code Maggie and get your social distance life, okay? up everybody welcome back to the black maggie podcast this is another getting in my business episode and i have the producer here hello everyone and um we're gonna give an update on my assignment yes so well we kind of talked about it we talked about it a little bit let me be really transparent um i don't know what number recording this is because this has been really hard to get to the meat of what I'm trying to do to seek healing. Um, So I low-key don't. I know we talked about the assignment. I feel like we put a bow on that. And I thought that we were supposed to catch up. But I'm but I'm probably wrong about that. We can talk about it a little bit to lead into the rest of the conversation, though. Okay, so the assignment, as I think we told you guys, was pretty much for Miss Black Maggie to find three dresses, or how many, ever many. Was it just three, or did I have a number? I you didn't think. even say dresses. No, I said outfits or something. Yeah, yeah. like, fast forward through this, though. Anyway. Because they, they got it yeah. the last episode. So, anyway, three dresses. Uh, she did the thing Yeah. she was supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, he felt like I was way conservative. I felt like she did hit a little conservative spot mm-hmm. finding the said outfits. But, you know, I think she also did well because they, they fit her personality and, you know, um, who she has been. But just in a, you know, a little bit sexier way. But I do feel like she let up a little bit on a pedal. So let me tell the truth about a thing. I don't really know that I am fully clear on who it is that I would like to be moving forward. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like I had my day in the sun on the sexy tip. I ain't, You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel right. like I've done that. Right. I don't want to redo that. Like, my, my 20s before meeting you were eventful. Okay? And I feel like I've closed a chapter in that space in my life. Um... Not to say that I'm just going to, like, be a hermit, but I think that my thoughts on what make me feel the most comfortable have changed. Okay. This, 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 this thing, this pandemic has been a learning opportunity for us all. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, uh, I look at you and you had moments of struggle as we all did. Mm-hmm. And I wanted kind of to give you something different, a little bit fun to do. Um, it turned out to be a little bit more stressful than I imagined it <laughs> ought to have been. Uh, I just wanted you to kind of get outside of who you have been lately and just kind of experience um, a different side of you or maybe a side of you you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Especially with the transformation you went through. No, I'm grateful for it. Like, I get the point of it now. 
right? right? It was to like break up the energy because I've been in a, I'm going to call it a funk. I feel like that's a fair title. Um, but I think it's a little bit deeper than a funk. It's like a, um, so I'll paint a picture. Imagine you walk into a room, right? And like, there's music in the back. Like you can hear it, but you can't really feel it. Like you see lights that are matching up with it. And so, you know, it's happening, but it's very faint. And there's like fog and it's like, is this the club? And you're like, "Mm, no, no, not quite the club. Like you hear what I mean? But it's just like, it's just like a, an experience that you're in that it's just like, okay, so where's the door? Mm. That's how I've been feeling. About this whole thing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like how do I get how do I get out of here? Like it was okay. That's but then some then crazy stuff happened in the club while you're in there. So you, oh yeah, all kinds of things a, are happening. You're not really a part of what's crazy happening, no. but you see it from afar. You just sitting in the in the mm-hmm. booth and you just seeing people going crazy down in, in the exactly. Uh, <laughs> You've got your section. On the dance floor. <laughs> you're safe. Right. There's somebody there, but mostly you just want to leave. Yeah. That's happened. And there's no exit. Yeah. It's like And they keep telling you there's an exit. You're in here with me or this is what it's like for you too. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I just I just process things a little differently. Mm-hmm. I'm used to being a hermit. So Oh god. For me, you know, this is it is what it is. But Yeah. I am not. I recharge in solitude, but I gotta go. Yeah. Like Cue the TikTok. <laughs> She's a runner. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm going to tell you, I have never given enough time or energy to any of the stuff that really gets on my damn nerves. Never. Never give mm-hmm. enough energy to it or time or like space or anything because I'll just simply find something else to do. She keeps herself preoccupied in a way I have never seen before. Like, I'm completely sure that she has not really analyzed most of her traumas <laughs> in life. Uh, just it's be- true. Just because she, she, uh, yeah, she's a, she's very, she finds a way. She's very uh, gifted <laughs> at avoiding those things. Uh and so this this whole pandemic thing has I've noticed have really forced her to deal with things she had no intention on touching. So. I mean, I, I I'm gonna tell you I have risked death to avoid. That's yeah. it's that deep. Yeah. Yes. And so then the last episode that we were in this like situation. It was, um, the feedback was I was guarded. But I'm like, I don't, I am me, right? I am a guarded person. Um, so yeah. I'm still (laughs) peeling layers off of this woman. There's, Um, here's the thing. There is not enough time to fully download all the things that occupy my mind space. When I analyze something in front of me that looks familiar, mm-hmm. 
I don't think we have the time to do that. There's there's things that I've there's things that I have survived. Right. That I just don't discuss. One thing I notice about you. Yeah. Is that you have this way. So you live a very regimented life. Mm-hmm. You have a time and place for everything. And so uh, going back to my task that I gave you, mm-hmm. I realize you have these development stages, which is fair. It's real. It mm-hmm. happens. Everyone has them. But yours are very rigid. Mm-hmm. So I've done this part. This is when this happened. This happens in my 20s. Okay, 20s over. This is my 30s. These happen in your 30s. Okay, you do not cross the line by what you do in your 20s and what you do in your 30s. <sighs> that's 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 how you, I noticed that about you. Like, this is, I did these things in my 20s, and you don't do that in your 30s. And Well, like, no, I don't even say, so, so be okay. fair to me. Okay. I don't do that in my 30s. Not you don't do that in your No, 30s. no, no. That's what I mean. That's, well, no, I... Right. But you're saying it like I have this thing about others. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. ain't Yeah, case. that's not the case. No. Nah. This is When it me. comes to Black Maggie. Yeah. It's very regimented. And for me, it's like, no, it doesn't have to be. So what I want you to do is do these things to make you feel the way you felt at another point in time because you don't have to be stuck. Right? You don't have to be in this one place. I'm going to tell the truth. I'd be right, though. That's my handy. That's my, that's my, like, issue. Really? I'd be right. So, let's, mm-hmm. let's use an example of a thing that everybody already knows, right? Okay. Having a kid. Yeah. This was a thing that was going down before I turned 35, and I didn't give a damn. Okay. Because it was not happening after 35 for me. Right. Because that's the that's how I feel. Now let's get into the why. Layers of trauma of um, kind of letting the TV raise me and seeing too much and knowing too much, having a mother that worked um, in an OBGYN, right? And knowing that 35 is the like when you start crossing into that geriatric pregnancy land, okay? And... Post 35 creates situations. Mm -hmm. Explain to me the face that you're making at me. So once again, everyone who's listening, this lovely young lady has an amazing talent at taking a scenario that she wants it to be and explaining why it should be that way. And she does it. So well, like she'll say, let me tell you why, let me tell you why I'm right. And she'll give you something like she just gave you done. Okay, go ahead. You're doing a great job though. I'm listening. Go ahead. One in 14,000 is what I give birth to. Mm. Nine pounds. Yeah. Two teeth. Mm. Mm -hmm. Teeth. Yeah, teeth. Absolutely. Teeth. Two. Bit me. Mm. Blood. It was crazy. You still don't got teeth right now. Teeth. Okay. They had to take them out. And that's the kind of, that was the low end of the wild stuff that happens when you be pregnant and old and and the, the things that I was afraid of. I gave birth to my fear. Are you kidding me? I, gen- I genuinely gave birth to my fear. Now, maybe, it, maybe 
one could argue that I manifested all of these things because I was so concerned and worried and all that stuff, right? She was the most diligent vitamin taker. She went she went by the rules. She did not deviate but but once maybe she got a sandwich or something like that. But she No, I didn't because I could eat cured meats. Ah, so I ate. Right. So I'm telling you the right. rules. So I was she like went I by read the, all this the baby things. had to be the healthiest baby ever born. Uh <laughs> she was it, it the red like the baby came out crawling. Um It's facts. And raising his head and looking around. It was crazy. She, this woman right here she didn't she didn't cross none of the rules that was given to her by the doctor and 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 the result of that was a baby born with muscles two teeth and hair all up his back hair up his back but but here's the thing though the thing that i had fixed in my mind was I have a limited window of time that I'm that I am willing to okay. endure this because it gets weird the closer you get to this time frame. For me, other people's bodies and other people's th- that's their business, but for me, that's where I was like and so then when I give birth to the kid, that makes people be like, "What?" And they come in the room and I'm getting visitors, nurses that don't have nothing to do with me. I heard there was a baby in here with teeth. Oh, there are teeth. Right? Before we seen he, him having teeth, when they pulled the baby out of him, everybody was like, whoa. Right. Well, pulled the baby out of you, everybody was like, whoa. Yeah. So, so but I'm just like, but, and, and in that moment when all of that happened, I was like, I was right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's the thing that happens to me mm-hmm. that validates my BS. Right? Mm-hmm. Because could I have had more flexibility? Yep, could have. Could I have been more, um, like, open to um, the universe and kind of see what life has and free-flowy? I could have. I get that from you sometimes. So I feel like it when it comes out. What, the free-flowy? Yeah. It's, I think that's performative. It's performative. Because I'm not. I'm not comfortable when I don't know what's coming. Mm. Mm. Example, there was an event that I had something to do with. Okay. And my mind had me considering every potential thing up until the point that the night before the event, I had a full dream about the event. And the things that went wrong called a meeting like you know what I mean a couple hours before it and I was like we need to test these things because something is going to happen with it and then it was like oh no it works we oh it works okay we get to the event the environment where I'm talking virtual now the environment that we tested in was slightly off from the environment that was actually the thing and the thing happened the issue that I had the dream about happened, but I had the backup because I was like, mm, had the dream. No, that's coming. Do I mean, I had Lord, my, my colleague that I had on there for like an hour, turn the sound up, turn the sound down, check this, check that, whatever. Right. Okay. It's perfect. I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to leave it like this. And it's going to great. Get into the environment. It's a different version of the same place. 
and it was like, thank God I had my, my Bluetooth speaker because I had the dream that told me that these things were going to go wrong and I needed to be ready for whatever it was so that it didn't go wrong. Because if that messed up, it was going to mess up all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably not true. Probably could have lived without, you know, those elements. But I was right. And so the thing that happened in my head was, I'd be knowing. Do you know what I mean? And so then it just, the the more I have those moments that validate my stuff, the harder it is for me to get to like a place of ease. So, and that's very valid. And nobody is denying any of that is useful, right? Those those ways of operating. Mm-hmm. But you don't, everything, there's a place and time for all of these things, right? Like, of course for an event, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure and check and double check, right? Mm-hmm. For anything that involves technological or even Tech, you know, technical things, mm-hmm. right? You you need to be, you know, very, uh, you know, straightforward and, and, and on top of things. But I'm like that about my morning routine. But you're like that about everything. Yeah. And, 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 and you deal with a lot of anxiety and stress. The most. And body pains. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe it's, you know, part of that is... Living a stressful just way of being. That's what you do. Everything is always tight. Everything is never, like, you know what I mean? And, like, for me, I I, I say this, like, you need to loosen up in some areas and stay tight in others. Can I I be, like, (laughs) kind of open and vulnerable in this? Go ahead. This is what this is for. I feel like that thing... Um, that I've just decided this is who I am, which again, I don't, I'm not clear on that right now. That's what we're working on. But that thing that I've decided, like, this is who I am is a value to me in so many places that it's just like, we'll just keep it forever. Yeah. Yeah. It serves me well in a, in a lot of situations. But to be honest, it serves others. It serves others much more than it serves me. Because, like, the stuff, the stuff don't, I'm going I'm to tell you, the stuff don't even really be on my head, but I feel mm. like it is. The stuff don't even be on my plate, but, mm. like, I, I've seen it, and I feel like the Lord knew I saw it. And so I can't let it be raggedy. Right? Mm. Which, which, what really is happening is, like, I'm, I am, Failing at minding my own business um, and failing at at focusing on myself intently Mm -hmm. and like trying to make, you know, straight lines. Yeah, I can see that. So what most of us do at one point in time in our life is we create different versions of ourselves for different. Holy. For different moments in time. Right. I've done it. She's done it. You've most likely done it. Whoever's listening. You just kind of separate yourself. You don't even know the half. 
to of, endure. Of how many versions? There's right. people that are listening to this that's like, Maggie, where'd that name come from? When I met her, she was Mari. Right. Then someone else heard Mari. Where'd that name come from? When I met her, she was Margaret. Mm-hmm. Right? And in different variants, Margaret, where'd that name come from? You know, anytime it's Margaret Ellen, you got to say the whole thing like Drop Call Quest. Margaret right? Ellen is but see let's don't let's don't let's don't get into i know but i'm just right? saying yeah. but it happens it yeah. happens and i can tell you when it started okay i can tell you that um first of all maggie is a home name which is part of the reason that i um that i chose that for this space i chose that for this space because i i wanted to be more open and more um you know what i mean like grounded in my original self right i have always been um identified in relation to others because my name is from other people that were you know alive and active Mm -hmm. in my life so then maggie was just for me Right. Right. And so then the other names, you know, I had to be mindful of what I did while wearing someone else's name. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that caused me to create the separation. And so depending on how I was introduced to someone, that would be how I would comport myself. Right. And so if it was someone that knew me as Margaret, they never met Maggie. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, yeah. like, Maggie is something else. But Margaret is like, okay, I'm out here with my grandma's name. I need to not be right. putting her name in no mess. Like, you know what I mean? I need to not be out here creating confusion, causing problems. And I don't know if you ever felt like that. Because you two are named after someone, right? Oh, no. My dad is a trip and a half, so I never <laughs> had to worry about that. Um, that was never my plight in life. Um, he did everything for us. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cool. So maybe the opposite? I don't know. But I'm just like, uh, but that was what caused it. And so then so then that happened. Um, but when I moved to Georgia, mm-hmm. um, I'll never forget. I read like a Seventeen magazine, and it was like... Things you can do, things you can do to like, um, like when you're the new girl. And I'm like, how did you know Seventeen Magazine? You know what I'm saying? But there was like this whole article and it was like, choose a cool nickname. Like, you know, change the way that you dress. All right, pause real quick. So Margaret had a thing about magazines when she was younger. She always tells me about like how she used to read all types of magazines. So oh, this is yeah. just I just wanna let everybody know that's kind of where the the world we're falling into right now. I have always loved to read. I have always I have always loved to read. I've always I have a very intimate relationship with words. And magazines mm-hmm. were like, you know, candy. Right. Right. So if like if I I was raised in a way that like in order in my smaller childhood, like I had to read for an hour to watch TV for half an hour. 
And so then, like, that was an exchange, like, novels and stuff like that, or usually just the Bible. The Bible would get me, like, a lot of time on TV, but whatever. Anyway, but magazines were, like, candy. And so, like, you know, when whenever there was something like, oh, there's probably a magazine for that, which is kind of what moved me into my love of, like, blogging and writing, like, in that way back to the story about the names but that was one of the things and so I'll never forget I was playing with like well what should I call myself how am I going to introduce myself because the first class the first day of school they're going to say do you go by any other name there's your chance because these people don't know you from nowhere to make a decision of who you're going to be and I was sitting in drama class because of course and the teacher was like, Margaret, and she's like, do you, and the people ask that, people ask, I know that people ask everybody named Margaret whether or not they go by something else, because that's like the the number one question. Right. And so usually when I'm in a business setting, I'm like, absolutely not. Right. Anyway, back to this moment. And I was like, yeah, but you know, uh, just call me Mari. She's like, Mari? Oh, Okay. And she was like, how do you spell that? This is like real time me deciding in this woman's face who I'm going to be at this school. Hmm. And I was like, two R's and I, right? Because my dad was going through this like existential crisis where he didn't want to be, you know, the traditional spelling of his name. And so he was like, instead of I-E at the end, I'm just going to do an I because that's cool. Cause that's like truncated, right? It was a whole thing. So I was, that was like my nod to staying connected. I'm not going to cry, <laughs> but that was my nod to staying connected. Um, and then I just created her mm. and she was fun. And so then I took her to the Navy too, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, but like, that's the, that's the evolution of like that separation. But that's who I met when I first met I you. brought her back to Cincinnati. You introduced me to Mari. Because nobody was around you that called right. me Maggie. No. And so when I first heard Maggie was from your dad. Yes. Um, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I knew your name was Margaret. Uh-huh. I just never called you Margaret. Right. At first. That's all I call her now, though. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and so then your grandmother called you that. And I just realized, like, oh, everybody calls her that, but I'm not going to call her that. Uh-huh. Because it felt like an intimate name at the time. I mean, you were just getting to know each other. Uh-huh. And to the day, I, I really won't call her that unless I'm trying to get her attention. Right. Um, but, you know, and, and, but Mari, when I met Mari, it was fully realized Mari. Yeah. She was fun. She was kind of, she would do what she kind of did what she wanted to do, Uh um, within respects of the grandmother, of course. Right. Uh, and she was just like, not lighthearted, but she was just kind of a little bit more free and open. Right. Like I told you before me, you had the story, you started school. Yeah. And a flip, uh, well, it was before she started school, but that's a whole other story. We'll get into that story another time. Mm-hmm. But she started school and it's like a switch flipped. Yeah. And I guess Margaret came out or whomever it is. Yeah. And which I understand Margaret right now. Like, 
you separate yourself in order for different environments in order to succeed in different environments. Yes. I've done it. Like I said, I've done it. You, you guys probably done it. Mm-hmm. That's who take care of business. Who take care of business for Margaret is yes. Margaret. And she just has not. <laughs> She's just been here ever since, which is fine for me. But. Here's the truth. I am terrified to tuck her in. Mm-hmm. Because like, when she first came out, it was like, okay, girl, you got to get up out of your grandma's house because this is your last stand. Right. And the goal is get out and stay out and, and get up and stay up. Mm-hmm. And never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, come back down. We've been here. Ain't nothing here. Don't do it. Right. And so then now mm-hmm. I hit this place of like, no, I need more ease in my life. I need right. more, um, I need more balance and less rigidity. And I'm just uncomfortable. Yeah. I always mess with, I always mess with Black Maggie and tell her, Mari loved me. Margaret didn't really like me a lot. <laughs> and that's the dichotomy that she has in her existential existence. <laughs> that would the warring sides. <laughs> but I think that but I think like when I look at like the it's the melding that's happening. Yes. It's the melding of all of these like things I've created. You're finally coming into who you who you are as a person in general and not separate versions of yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, because that's exhausting. Yeah. I've, I've said it, you know, in, in other settings like that. That cold switch, I say ain't at work, and I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right. I, I just can't. I'm not going to. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't want to live this divided life. No. And so in making that conscious effort to just not be so, um, I don't know what, I don't even know what to call it. The word's not coming to us right now. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get back to you guys about that. Insert, you know, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, it's just hard. That I don't know how else to say that. I'll, th- there's a there's a lot of, um, like back to what I was saying, like the rationalization mm. oh, and the yeah. and the. Uh, there's a lot of real life experiences or observations that inform me in how to move, right? Yes. And. It's just been difficult to quiet those things because I feel like I have lost my sense of wonder. Yeah, when you when you move in such a rigidity, that's how you say that, right? That's the word. Or, oh yeah. Did I say it right? Just talk. Say it for me, Margaret. Help me out. You, you know. said it. Oh, I said it right. Yes. Jeez. You, so I have a I have an issue with words. You be sometimes. saying whatever you want to say. Okay. However you want to say it. Whenever just, I want to say it. Anyway, just go ahead. Um. Yeah, those things do, like, you do have a tendency to kind of lose your imagination, wander, ability to kind of create. Um, yeah, you, like I said, you need that free flow again. 
Yeah. We were talking in the car. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about... um. Oh, yeah, like art, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, so I, I know that I am a creative person. Um, That's kind of like what this, how this happened. Mm-hmm. But I have this fight, this internal fight with... I, I don't accept that creativity will provide enough resources for me to live comfortably. My mind won't make the click because I rem- I, I'm a kid of the 90s, right? Like, you know, I was a oh, kid yeah. in the 90s. And the language was starving artist. And I was like, say, starving? Like, my G. Like, hungry, I could deal with. But, like, right. starving? And this is the same. You got to think about the imagery. Like, can I get a sandwich and be cool? Or But the imagery <laughs> and the parallels right. and the time frame in the 90s, this is when Somalia was going through their famine. And they were talking about starving children, right? right? And so then you have that language, starving. And then you have these people that are, like, I don't know if it was scams. and I don't know if it was real foundations or whatever but they're like support starving artists and they always had these like bob ross looking pictures on the little commercials or whatever and i'm like starving starving no thank you like i can be a hungry like, artist i can't be a star i don't see myself right. bussing out pencils and paint yeah and then don't eat right because when I get hungry, it's a different thing. Like, I'm out here giving the world my best, and I can't even get a sandwich. And I can't even, what yeah. do I live outside, right? So then you got to think about all of the simultaneous tapes that are happening. Because this is also the time that, like, you know, I brought home a C, and my dad was, like, took me to this park that is now very gentrified and beautiful. And it's it's been oh, it's featured gorgeous. in, um, it was actually in the, in the Netflix episode that my shoulder debuted mm. in. But it used to be where homeless people slept. And my dad, like, just, he didn't even fuss at me about getting the seat. He was like, pick a bench. And I was like, say what? He was like, no, yeah, you want to be average. You you want to get C. You don't want to get good grades. Like, so, it don't take nothing. You don't want to put in no effort? Go pick a bench. Because this is where you end up living. If you, if you decide to live and not try your best. Right. So then you got that language and then you got starving artists and you have actual people in a famine. Right. Right. All that's happening at the same time, shaping my mind of like, yeah, I got to eat. Like, right. And even if you look at the even when you look at the journey, my weight journey, we about to get deep. Even if you look at my weight journey, I can't not eat. That's a tape. Right, that's running in my head. I can't not eat. I'm not gonna not eat. I can't not eat. I'm not gonna not eat. Turns into, sis, you gonna you gonna end up on one of them TV shows if you don't. You gonna end up on a TV show about how much you eat if you don't. Relax. Like I know you hear that tape. That's that's not what that means. Hmm. Put the biscuits down. It means don't go broke. That's what it's trying to tell you. Well, yes, I understand. Yeah, yeah no, 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 like, yeah. No, but like, but like, but my, but the tapes yeah. are the tapes and right. the words are the words. They're and from my, childhood. It's childhood And my mind <laughs> and my psyche and my uh, entire countenance is just like, I'm not going to not eat. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You realize you're taking direction from a child right now. But that, but that's the thing, though. You know what I mean? Damn. <laughs> I didn't need that. I'm just saying, like, it came from a child's But you place. ain't had to gather me like that. I, I, I feel a way. Somebody's I mean, going to be like, ooh. No, not probably not. It's... We all have our childhood voices saying stuff to us. That's real, though. We do. All of us have a childhood voice. But, I mean, it, it, but it, it gets reinforced. Oh, absolutely. That's the thing that I'm saying. So then, so then you, like, you look at life, and then you look at your friends that try to be shit. Like, look at you out here trying to be shit. Yeah. Right? And they, and they go, and they make their way into, you know, the land of trying to be shit. And then they come back home. Yeah, get kicked in the chest a few times and can't take it. And they didn't end up getting a chance to be shit no. yet, right? But that doesn't mean that they won't. Right. That just means that they had a longer, hard time. They had to retreat for a second and regather themselves. Right. But yeah. but the tapes. Yeah. Right. And then it comes back and like, I was right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, and 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 it's just like that deprogramming that I'm going through. That I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to determine which things are for the journey Mm -hmm. that's ahead of me and which things I need to unload. Yeah. But the validation along the way is not helpful. You're always going to get validation about the the, certain things you do because that's life. Life is always going to say, hey, things can go wrong. You see things going wrong? Things go wrong everywhere. Look at things go wrong. You're always going to get that because things are always going to go wrong and they're going to go right. And they're going to go right whether you are, you know, you know, a stickler, or they're going to go right, whether you just like, hey, kind of let's let that happen. There's been plenty of people out here that's just like, hey, let's see what happens when the wind blows. And they can live an amazing life. And there's other people who are sticklers who live in trash cans, been a stickler. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things where there's no right or wrong, really, with this thing. It's just who, the, who are you and what's the best you you can be. And that's what we're still trying to figure out. So can I share my dream? That freaked me out. That's okay. got me really thinking about life. So I had a dream. Um, I can't see the time, so you have to be the one that polices how long we're talking here. I don't even know what this means. Go ahead and listen. Mm-hmm. This is why you get fired. So I had a dream that I um, that I was like I. So now I got to tell you about that. So when I dream. I have this thing that I call building. And by that, I mean, like, I understand that I'm in a dream. It's, I'm lucid. I'm understanding that I'm inside of a dream space. Mm-hmm. And in that dream space, I will kind of create what I want that space to look like. And so then I've got, like, this metropolitan area that I've been working on in a few dreams. And then I have this neighborhood that looks like an adaptation of where I grew up. But there's, like, the outskirts of it get weird. Um, and I have another space that I've been working on that my mom said that it sounds like New York when I explain it, but basically there's an airport. Um, but there's also like these buildings that are sort of interconnected that people live in and also work in and stuff like that. So anyway, um, but I worked in this space that I had, like, I knew it was the space that I worked in and, and all of these, like your work, your live, your entertainment all that's all kind of connected in, in similar buildings um and I brought the producer with me to the space and I was like trying to find a place to sit mm. 
And the inside of the workspace looked like one of my old jobs. And it was just like I, I couldn't find my seat. I kept like not being able to find my seat, couldn't find my seat. And eventually I found a place to sit that was away from my team. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to sit away from my team. It's fine. You know, like we're all the same team. It's cool. Um, and then somebody was like, man, I wish we had something to do. And the minute they said that, an airport hangar kind of like started developing around us. And it was like, oh, I wish you hadn't said this to somebody else in the dream. Like, oh, I wish you hadn't said because as soon as you did, look at what they put. Right. And I look over and now we're in an airport hangar and now we're about to whatever our job is, because that's very unclear in the dream. Whatever our job is, we have to get on the plane to like do a test flight and some stuff. And they have like this fun thing that they have planned. But we get on the plane. Um, and I don't know what that means. So the producer's giving me hand signals that we've not discussed. And it's just like weird sideline baseball. Five of what? Oh, okay, great. Anyway, <laughs> so we get on the plane and then like, there's like a raffle or some old wild stuff happening in the front. So I move around like as we're taxiing. Well, not as we're taxiing, as, we, as we're getting ready to push off. I move around. I go. There's, like, music. There's laughing. There's things. I come back to sit so we can take off. I go down. Uh, I sit. We take off. And as we go up, the nose of the plane goes far crazy up and then, like, slams down kind of up. But we're up in the air by then, right? Mm -hmm. And then it starts, like like, rolling to the side. And my son's awake. So um, it starts rolling. And I, and I say out loud, like, oh, they're trying to, like, circle the drain and, like, uh, get rid of fuel. And I don't even know if that's even a terminology, but that's literally what I said. And um, I, there was another part where I introduced the producer to one of the people that, like, I know this is a person that knows him. Um, and that's kind of like what triggered the the crash. But anyway, when I said it was circling the drain to get rid of fuel, that's not what it did. And it started like it just leaned and it was heading into a body of water, which is kind of where the airport is. And I remember hearing myself audibly breathing in and out, like bracing myself for whatever it is I'm going to have to do. And I'm running scenarios of... If I survive and we take on water, first I'm going to make sure that we get out of our seatbelts. Then I'm going to make sure that we get, you know, the floating devices that we can. And we're going to make our way. And I'm like, the exit is here. Like, I'm running a full scenario in my head as in this dreams. And I know I'm dreaming, right? I could have easily just been like, oh, okay, we'll wake up. And I was like, well, no, I have to solve the problem. Right. I have to solve the problem because there's a thing happening and I have to be the one to figure it out. Mm. And the and the thing that I felt as it got closer and I'm like, I don't think this is going to go that well was relief. And that was scary for me. Because I was like, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that like grew up weirded out about the idea of, you know, the great beyond, I'll say. Yeah. 
And I just didn't feel like that in that moment. But I also, I knew I was dreaming. I knew that I could just wake up, but I couldn't leave because I felt like I had to save the dream people. Like literally another instance of like, that's not my business for real. So what if the dream was reflecting? You always feeling like you need to save or do something for other people. And if you keep operating like that, Mm -hmm. the bottom's going to fall out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I I had to sit with it for a while because I was confused by it and worried by it and all those other things. But I think that that's, I think that when I when I came to terms with the fact that there's absolutely like, how are you gonna save the plane from the middle of it? Right. How do you save the plane right. from the middle of it? Right. You can't. You're just in it. It's gonna happen. So the best thing to do is like find a way to be okay. Or to be the pilot or build your own plane, which is here we are with Margaret. <laughs> so then there's that. Because uh, it's never just be okay in the moment for... for it's not. For Miss Black Maggie here. It's Don't do that. I hate... Don't do that. What? I'm like, talking to I the know. I know, but you just... It triggers me because you do... So me and him used to fight. Oh, absolutely. And when we did, he would be like, well... Margaret, blah, 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 right? And but I wasn't to, using you as third person towards you. I was I using you as third person towards the audience. It's just weird because you don't, you don't do that a lot. So it's just, I don't know. No. I'm in a vulnerable state, man. I'm telling people my business <laughs> and telling people all my dreams. First of all, I'm telling people that I lucid dream. I don't really let that out much. And then second of all, like it was a very vulnerable dream. You trying to play games. And I'm, not I'll, trying I'll to fight. Play, I'm not trying to we play. We can just fight. Oh, I'm always ready to fight. You know that. Let me tell you something. Okay. You know, anyway. but no, <laughs> but no, uh, isn't, you know, um, Maggie is never okay with being in the middle, like just being okay, right? When something's going to falling apart, she's never okay just sitting right there in the middle. And if she has to, she's going to be the pilot or she's going to build a plane herself, like I was saying earlier. And that's just who she is, at least who she has been. And we're trying to figure out, is that who she really is? Yeah. Or, that was yeah. a moment. You know. Uh, we're going to see if planes are going to be built. We're going to see if she's going to steady the plane and become the pilot. We're going to see how this works out for it. Damn. It, and this is like real-time revelation. So I'm I'm going to close out this episode with that. You're probably going to listen to the uh, the the wonderful sounds of someone because this is one of those episodes that, that needs some music. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and uh, I'm just excited to be able to do that this episode because, Lord. So thank you for listening to, uh, to my business. And um, thank you for joining me on this journey. As it continues, um, next week we'll have a guest. And... Uh, that's it. Did you have anything that you wanted to say? Oh, no. Not at all. Thank you guys for listening. Because you, you thoroughly messed me up. Okay. Yeah, I did my job. Okay, great. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. And once again, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, we are bringing back uh, Pretty PK Kitty with her song Oozin'. It is produced by Bishop JT. 
Uh, once again, it is oozing by Pretty PK Kitty, and you can find her on um, Reverb Nation Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can find her on SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much anywhere you can think about uh, finding music for a person. Uh, you should be able to locate her. Uh, and once again, I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Keep talking. 